Hi, I'm Sarah Grace McCandless, and this is On Brand. You know, the focus of this show is really on this growing desire for connection between people and the companies that they engage with. And I am so privileged to work with and have worked with a number of different industries and verticals. And I have guests on the show who represent kind of all walks of life. One of the industries that fascinates me tremendously is the gaming industry. I have clients in that industry now. It's something I've worked in in the past. And my guest today is probably what I consider to be the, the top expert in this field, not just with gaming, but also with branding and how the two really come together. Chris Erb is the founder and CEO of Triple Clicks, and it's a strategic agency that, again, really marries the two. We're going to talk more about Triple Clicks today, the work that he's done. We're going to talk about the gaming industry with uh, incredible uh, growth and changes and why gaming and gaming and gamers are so critical for every brand to be considering about today, especially when you think about marketing to that Gen Z audience. Chris, welcome to On Brand. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. It's great to see you. Uh, we've known each other a long time, and I'm so excited that I have this platform that we get to have this conversation and share it with others as well. Um, you know, we met back in the day uh, when I was working in the comic book industry, which has you know some nice Venn diagram overlap into the gaming world. But I want to talk about you. Uh, let's set the stage and talk about your background. How did you get into this industry in the first place. Take us through your history. Sure, uh, you've known me for most of it. Uh, I think we met when you were in the comic book industry. I was at Wizards of the Coast. Uh, mm -hmm. I was working on brands like Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, helped launch a brand. Uh, some people know Pokemon back in the day, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, spent six or seven years managing those brands and, and kind of working through that. And then I left and went to a company called Electronic Arts and spent 10 years at EA running the Madden franchise and then running the EA Sports brand overall. So did that for a while. Um, left, I was in Florida, uh, moved back to the West Coast where I was from and took a job at Legendary Pictures and I ran the movie industry. I was the head of theatrical promotions for Legendary for a year. And one of the things that I noticed was when I was at Wizards, and electronic arts. I was doing all the promotions and lifestyle marketing myself. There wasn't really an agency to hire to help me. And when I got to the movie industry, uh, there's like 10,000 agencies that do that stuff for the movie industry. So uh, a little light bulb went off and I said, hey, we should, I should do that for the gaming industry. So hence Triple Clicks, we opened the agency about six years ago and we do lifestyle in partnership marketing for, brand, for video game brands and uh, consumer brands uh, in the gaming space. I think that's uh, pretty remarkable that you saw that need and you're right. You know, somebody I've worked agency side as well, as well as brand side. And there are a lot of agencies that kind of cater to, you know, one aspect when it comes to marketing, but to kind of bring these worlds together, you know, you and I also, when we first met, uh, one of the things that we shared in terms of a brand, we both worked with Lucasfilm uh, and Star Wars back in the day, which is another kind of juggernaut brand that now is of course, part of that Disney family. So a lot of things have changed and, you mentioned uh, a couple of really big flagship brands that really are on the gaming side, Pokemon, of course, EA, um, mm -hmm. and this idea to bring these two things together. Let's set the stage with the gaming industry first before we get into these consumer brands. Tell us a little bit about um, kind of the history there and let's talk about where things have really gone in the last few years as well. Yeah, I think, you know, when I was running the Madden franchise, there was a, a 
big kind of passion on, on kind of, you know, when Madden launches, it feels like a big moment, but it, I felt like from a marketing perspective, it wasn't as big as kind of a theatrical and movie launch. So how do we take a gaming launch and make it feel like a theatrical moment? So, you know, when we get there, the teams had done amazing things with advertising and PR, but really wanted to, to focus a little bit on partnership marketing and kind of collaborating with brands to help elevate that. Um, and so it was really about focusing on finding partners to elevate the space. I think, you know, our team used to pick the cover of Madden and, you know, how do we do something like that and let consumers pick it? So we went out and, and, and looked for brands that, that could kind of partner with us to help tell that story of the cover. We, we ended up partnering with Doritos, but it, it was interesting because, you know, it's 2004, 2005, and we went to Doritos and we were like, hey, what if we let your consumers pick the cover of Madden? And Doritos was like, why would we do a video game promotion? So it's interesting to see kind of the growth of the space because now, you know, Doritos does three or four programs a year and they're almost endemic to the space. They do such great things. So it's, it's interesting to see kind of the evolution of gaming. We see it from the business side um, and this, the growth of, of the industry, but also kind of seeing um, how brands are starting to understand the connectivity that they can have within the space. Yeah, that's a great segue because it made, made me think about, again, you know, we kind of overlapped in that um, comic book graphic novel um, space and then related products, right, um, from various licensors. And, you know, one of the things uh, in the comic space that, you know, people really started going to Comic-Con, where we've spent a lot of time together, was because it's a very passionate audience. They are very vocal and they were very digitally savvy and embracing digital as it was um, developed. Yeah. I love the story you mentioned kind of like the early days, EA and a brand like Doritos. Why would we do that? Of course, now it's multiple times a year. What's yeah. the light bulb there? What went off for like a brand like Doritos knowing why, what made them switch? And is it people like you who says, hey, you got to tap into this audience and here's why? What's the why behind it? Yeah, it's a good question. To be honest with you, it's just education and understanding scale. I think if you look at the video game industry right now, it's about $180 billion a year. Uh, the video game industry is bigger than the, the global film industry, the global music industry, and the North American sports industry combined. Um, so when you think, start to think about the scale and size of the business, it's, it's massive. And then you start to think about the audiences you're trying to reach. Um, now, every brand is trying to get to Gen Z. You know, 10 years ago, it was kind of a little bit more millennial focused, but 97% of Gen Z plays video games. Um, asking the question of, do you play video games is the equivalent of asking, like, do you listen to music or do you watch movies? Like, why would you ask that question? Of course I do. What games I'm playing or what, what are you playing or what console are you on is more of kind of a, a more generic uh, question to ask rather than do you play video games because it's just so innate. So the size and scale of the space is really kind of what has people wanting and brands wanting to kind of get into it and, and kind of connect to it. And then I think there's the, you know, there's the the world around the games, like you had mentioned, like there's the E3s and kind of all these kind of consumer touch points, even, even a Comic-Con gaming is a huge footprint there. So it's, you know, it's, it's a very broad and dynamic space and, and something that brands can really use to leverage to, to connect with that audience. You know, that's pretty remarkable when you were talking about the size of the industry as compared to when you think about like music or entertainment or North American sports. I mean, that is pretty staggering. And I bet a lot of people aren't aware 
of that footprint. I also love what you said about, um, you know, when you ask that Gen Z, do you play games? It's like asking somebody if they listen to music. That's a big switch because it wasn't always that way. Do you think that uh, gaming is just more of the fabric of that generation and culture? Or do you think there's something about accessibility uh, when it comes to the gaming world as well? Yeah, I think it's probably generational. My, I'm not going to tell you how old I am because I'm getting old. But like, uh, you know, my grandparents probably had the first phone and my parents had the first TV and my generation had the first video game. And now I've got 10-year-old boys who are growing up with gaming. Like my mm-hmm. kids are amazing on Fortnite. They're, they love Minecraft. Like they're, they've grown into it and I play with them. Like I smoked them yesterday on Father's Day and some Fortnite that I'm happy to talk about. But like my dad would never kind of pick up a controller and engage with me just because he didn't know it and didn't didn't kind of connect with it. So now you've got a generation of people who are kind of growing up with gaming and that's just kind of a common thing. You see a lot of stats in in people talking about multi-screens in your house. Well, the number one screen is gaming really, right? The big screen has got the, 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 the game, unless there's a sports game on, it's, it's really about gaming. Uh, you're watching maybe a show on your iPad and you're texting or tweeting your friends or you're on TikTok on your cell phone. Uh, but gaming is really that, that big kind of piece of it. I, I saw a stat today, almost 90% of uh, Gen Z plays video games weekly, if not daily. Um, so it's just that connective. They, they're using it as a platform. It's, it's how my kids didn't really miss school because they still got to connect with their friends on Fortnite and, and kind of used as a, a social platform to, to connect with people that they missed. So gaming does a lot of broad things that, that a lot of brands are starting to understand um, the opportunities with it. I, I mean, I think when you watch Travis Scott, you know, tell 10 year olds, like teach them music. And, you know, my kids have no idea who Travis Scott is, but they loved him in Fortnite. They play him all the time. They go to McDonald's, they get his, they get his meal. Like there's just different ways that people are kind of connecting with celebrity and entertainment. Um, and gaming is a huge platform for them. Yeah. I mean, it definitely has switched. I mean, there's community there and there's community within the gaming experience, not just going to a physical type of convention or event and then having community there. Um, How would you describe that gaming community? Like what brings them together? What are some of their attributes that you see um, having worked with so many of the, you know, the biggest, the biggest gaming brands in the industry out there? Yeah. It's scale. I mean, just everybody's there. And so there's mm-hmm. a lot of, depending on the games you play, um, it, you know, there's, you know, you get your squad together and you're either playing Call of Duty or playing Fortnite or you're kind of connecting with that way with your friends. Um, and then there's a whole side of our business, which is really small, but the esports side mm-hmm. where people are playing competitively. Um, a lot of my, my, a lot of people watch other people play video games, which some people have a hard time understanding. Um, the people that have a hard time understanding it also have a basketball hoop in their backyard, but are watching other people play basketball. Um, so it's like that connectivity. Why are you watching people play basketball when you have a hoop is the same thing of like, why are you watching people play video games? It's, it's to learn to get better for entertainment and those kind of things. I mean, obviously you see Twitch and, and YouTube have huge numbers of streamers. Um, and then you've got the competitive side of esports, which is, uh, a lot of brands think that that's the path in it's, it's a small piece of the industry. It's really positive. Um, it's going in the right way. It's, it's about a billion dollar piece of the industry and just to, just to help kind of codify that, like Fortnite makes a billion dollars probably in six or eight weeks. So just the size and scale of, of what a game can be versus that side, um, it, it helps people really understand. All right, so gaming is really where the big side of the business is, and esports is kind of this amplification that in the next 10 to 15 years will we'll really start to grow um, and have platforms. But it, it, if, you're, if you're connecting, if you want to connect with these consumers, the gaming platform is, is really kind of the, the, the biggest opportunity. 
Yeah, you know, a lot of the work um, I do now with with the gaming industry is more on the customer experience side across all stages of it. So it's the awareness and it's the building of the community, the acquisition, the support, and then the um, advocacy, very rich audience, right, um, for, for advocates. But as such, a lot of our teams that are in there and, and doing the engagement and whatnot, I mean, you got to really know your stuff too, right? You can't go in there and sort of fake it, you really have to be a part of the community and a part of the conversation. And I think that's sort of a, a good segue too when you think about marketing and the gaming industry. And you know, you and I were talking about building relationship with these gamers sort of versus marketing at them or to them. Can you talk to me a little bit about that and how you know, as you put these partnerships together, you work with, you know, I'll let you speak to whatever you want to speak to in terms of who you work with. But again, you work with some really huge clients on the video game side. You're kind of creating these uh, marriages, if you will, with these consumer brands. How do you know it's the right it's the right relationship, the right marriage? Yeah, I mean, I think your first comment was 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 important. It, you know, it, it's it's really about authenticity within the space. You know, when you watch a movie and you watch it two or three times and you buy the DVD or you watch it digitally, you spend three or four times, you watch it three or four times. So people spend 10 to 12 hours watching a film that they really love. When a new game like Halo comes out, kids are going to spend 400, 500 hours playing it, right? Like, that's their world. That's their IP. That's the place they want to live. So you can make bad movie promotions, but don't make bad video game promotions because they'll kill you, right? One of our big promise to brands is we'll make sure you don't show up on Reddit. Um, we'll have make sure these kids aren't killing you. So I think kind of making sure that you're bringing kind of the right ethos in, into the relationships, I think is really important. And I think what we try and do is, is help brands understand the, the difference between like, to your point, marketing to gamers versus building relationships with them. I think if you look at comparatively what the movie industry does, it's a lot of like, Hey, the movie's coming out. We're putting the movie poster on a bag of chips and that's really it. Like they're not they're, like, there's nothing there for gamers. It's just, we're marketing to you, you know, be thankful that I put your favorite movie on your favorite chips and, and that's it for us. It's about value. How, how do we get, how do we, how can brands make, their marketing in the video game space more valuable to consumers. What what can they give them? Whether it be value from a content perspective, whether it's access to something, how do how do these brands hook gamers up or really take care of them? I think is is the best way to really start to build a, a real relationship with these gamers. I think we th we think about you know Fortnite makes a ton. It, Fortnite's a free to play game. You can download it and play for free right now. Um, but what they're really good at is learning how to monetize through content, mm -hmm. and so. This generation is used to buying microtransactions. So instead of spending $5 within Fortnite to buy a skin, what if you bought your favorite product and you got that item for free, right? How do you have, you know, we put this connectivity between these brands um, and these publishers to help really kind of think consumer first and really take care of those consumers. Um, so they have a positive uh, connection with the, the brand who's taking care of them, giving them a piece of content and with the publisher who's not selling them the content, they're getting it through a partnership. So we try and th you know, think consumer first and really put them in the center of all these relationships. I love that. And, you know, I'm looking at this wonderful backdrop behind you as you're talking to and seeing a lot of the, the fruits of your labor, I guess, if you will. Sure. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, um, is there sort of a type of brand that is a better fit? Like I see a lot of kind of, food, beverage, CPG type of products too. Like what? Yeah. what's that sweet spot? Um, video game industry is only for brands that are trying to reach Gen Z. 
So we see a lot of industries who are like, ah, gaming's not for us or our consumers. Like mm -hmm. we, you know, our client list, we work with, you know, to your point, like the Kellogg. So right now we have Kellogg, so I brought props because I knew you'd ask me to go back there. So looking at own stores, you know, you could get a chance to win an Xbox within with on Egos. With Rockstar Energy Drinks, there's actually a dollar of Xbox credit. We did a cyberpunk collaboration. And so with every can you bought, you get a dollar of credit um, to buy the new game. So there's there's value in different things like that. Um, but then we kind of go a little bit outside of it. We, you know, we play in the, the lifestyle space quite a bit. You know, people that are buying the Supreme Drops or was in line trying to get the Union Jordans this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, that they're all gamers. They they all play games. So we work. You know, our client list is everything from Hollister to Swarovski to StockX. We work with. We've designed shoes for Adidas and Jordan and all those brands. So. You know, it, it's really about what what brands want to connect with that audience and, and how do they authentically get into the space, which is really important. It, it's not about um, it's not about just trying to market to them. It's really about building this access. Taco Bell is a great example. Mm -hmm. uh, we do a partnership with Xbox and Taco Bell every year where it's a chance to win a, an Xbox at Taco Bell. You, you buy a box, there's a code on it, you text the code to win and you find out instantly if you've won or lost. The console they were giving away is is custom. Like it's, you know, it's a different colorway you can't get anywhere else. When you turn it on, it doesn't make the Microsoft noise. It actually makes the Taco Bell bong. There's something really kind of compelling and exciting for the consumers. Um, and so how do we kind of get people excited about the access they're getting through Taco Bell or the content they're getting through Kellogg's or, you know, their favorite brand. Like, you know, we've done stuff with Billionaire Boys Club and the hundreds and we just did a phase clan drop for Xbox. How do we kind of get your favorite game on your favorite clothing brand? Um, because, you know, that's what these kids are really compassionate about collaborations and, and, and building that stuff out. So how do we do it in really unique ways? Yeah, that was, I mean, I would have never thought some of those brands that you just said. Some I would have, some I wouldn't have. And I get it too, especially like you're talking about the sort of exclusive uh, console that you can get, you know, through Taco Bell. I mean, um, and I, that all makes total sense to me there. I love that. You know, as you do these um, collaborations and promotions, have you been learning anything from um, the people who are engaging with that? Do you get feedback on that or insights from these efforts directly from the, the, the consumer, the gamer as well? Uh, yeah, this agent, uh, this industry is a little bit probably different than, than other industries. You have a lot of brands and I've listened to your show a lot and a lot of brands go do a lot of research and try and mm -hmm. figure it out. Uh, this industry is a little bit different. We don't really need to do research. We have consumers talking to us constantly. You know, when you look at Xbox, they have a, a a little over a hundred million people connecting their Xboxes to the internet, paying a monthly fee, talking to them on social. So there's no doubt we know what the consumers want and need. The real challenge is like giving them what they're looking for, right? Making sure that we, you know, there's no surprises of what's authentic and what's not authentic in the space. It's for us, it's convincing brands what the right things are to do. And I think that's, that's where we come in from a triple clicks perspective is, is to really help brands understand like the strategy I'll, I'll pitch and talk to new brands all the time. They'll be like, we have a gaming strategy. I'm like, that's awesome. What's your gaming strategy? And they're like, Twitch. I'm like, all right, that's not a gaming strategy. That's an advertising buy, right? If I was launching a beer and I told you my marketing strategy was ESPN, you'd think I was crazy. But for gaming, it seems to be okay that Twitch is your 
your your platform or your your marketing strategy. So helping brands take a step back and be like, all right, what are we really trying to do? Are we trying to build these relationships? Or are we just trying to market to them? Neither one of those paths is wrong. It just depends on what you're trying to do. If you're Geico and you just want to pitch top of mind awareness, then you know just just marketing to them is fine. But if you want to have a deep relationship like a Kellogg's or a Nestle or a or a, you know a, even a Jordan. How do you do things that are unique and different? Like, what's the strategy? How are we pulling this together? And then we can go to an esports e or a Twitch to kind of market the offer. But it's really about building kind of the connectivity and this authentic, um, passionate program for these these kids, or or kind of this connective tissue that that makes them excited about your brand is really where we start. Um, and then it kind of builds out from there. And I think that's really important to to take a step back and really understand it. All you know. 10 years ago, people were like, why would I do gaming? And 10 years later, everyone's like, I have to do gaming, but it still doesn't mean they know how. Right. Helping brands kind of navigate that space. You see a lot of people kind of over-sponsoring and kind of throwing stuff at it, treating it like it's sports. You know, instead of I'm going to buy sports advertising, I'm just going to buy gaming advertising. It's not really, this audience is significantly different. You can market beer to sports fans and there's that normal connectivity of what that is, but how you're connecting with gamers and how you're asking for their time, especially this generation what they get marketed to so much, people ask so much of them. Um, how do we kind of pull back and give them something that they're looking forward to or that they want or that they're excited and, and they'll engage for you, especially when we see the streaming communities and people who are online kind of talking about your programs. Like you could, you could launch a real small thing in Australia and the world knows about it in two days, right? Like, so how are you doing things the right way to make sure that when they do talk about you, which everyone will, that they're saying the right things or it's positioned properly? Yeah, great points. I love what you said too about how Twitch isn't a strategy. I mean, it's like a, it's a channel, it's a point of execution, but that it's a great, so. uh, it's a great platform. You, yeah. you gotta, there's a time, there's a time and place to kind of come right. in, right? And so you have to do the work up front to, to be able to, to, to get in there. I mean, we, we saw Gucci just did a collaboration with Roblox where they're selling digital bags that are not NFTs that are just digital bags within the game that have no value. They're actually selling for more than the physical real world bags that they have are. It's just, wow. it talks about the passion excitement that this audience has. Um, and you just need to make sure that you're, you're dipping in the right way. Well, it also made me think about, you know, you're seeing um, Twitch being used in a lot of different ways in terms of people coming onto that platform to play, but also to, I mean, from a political standpoint, we saw a lot of that in the last election there too, but I mean, that's a whole other show probably. But, um, you know, when you were talking about that, it kind of made me think of social, you know, which is definitely sort of an area of expertise of mine because I was in marketing and they were at the onset and, and we used it in a lot of different ways and it wasn't always the right way. We were talking at the consumer a lot, not necessarily uh, with our finger on the pulse of what they actually cared about. And I think that we've pivoted and changed too. So when you were talking about that, made me think about conversations I have where, you know, social isn't the strategy. Social is part of the execution of the strategy, but you don't have to be everywhere. And it's more about what are you trying to achieve? What is the connection? What is the message? What are you trying to achieve through that platform too? So I love what you said about that. Now you also, were, I, I'd be remiss not to ask you about the last year. You know, a lot of the conversations I'm having are with people who are in what I can, you know, call more of a critical um, vertical or industry comfort. Some are both. We spent a lot of time at home last year. We were still able to connect through these gaming platforms and these gaming um, experiences. What was the impact from your point of view um, of 2020? Yeah, I mean, I think it was weird for, for everyone. Luckily, mm -hmm. I work in an industry that uh, is more successful when people are at home. 
So, um, you know, there's there's a ton of success in the space. I mean, for everyone, the most important industries last year was was healthcare and you know first responders and and you know frontline workers and and all of that was the most important thing. I think we saw a benefit from people having more time at home, right? People that don't have to drive to work, that don't have to drive home from work, who didn't lose time um, at the office, and so. Gaming is always a passion for a lot of people and people got more time to spend with it and investigate new things. And I think the technology is timed well with like an Xbox Game Pass, which is essentially a subscription model that lets you play and try new games all the time. So now we're seeing new people try games that they never would have tried before because of the technology of Game Pass and because of the opportunity with that the time that we've we've had for the last year. So yeah, it's um, it's definitely been interesting. I think you know a lot of our partners on the grocery side um, was continuing to to move forward because I mean obviously grocery is is always important even during that time period. So we still worked uh, pretty diligently to to make sure that we were keeping kind of promotions that made sense and, and kind of tied to that. Um, but yeah, I, I think we've all been through it, and it's a uh, yeah the movie industry didn't have it as lucky as as we yeah. did because we're more of a home. Than, a, than an outgoing thing, although we, we'd all die to get back out to the theaters now. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's I think, you know, we took advantage of, of all the opportunities that we could and just make people have more fun at home. I mean, like I said, my kids did use like Fortnite and the, the lobbies and the chats to stay connected with their friends. And, and I think that's a really a positive spin that the, the gaming space was able to kind of keep people connected, um, which I think was really important. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's it's one of the first industries that kind of came to mind. And you're right about the the movie theater, the in theater experience. But uh, boy, what a what a boost on the streaming side. And I, I think there might be some things that are always a little bit different in terms of that um, strategy moving forward. Um, you know, coming out of that um, and thinking ahead in the next couple of years. What do you think um, are some of the trends that are, what are you seeing right now? And what do you think that we're gonna start to maybe lean in a little bit more to, um, you know, maybe something that is sort of bubbling up to the surface right now, but that might be a little bit more of the norm um, in terms of the space. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the biggest thing is people just getting back to normal. Like everyone's mm-hmm. gonna wanna get back to to what, you know, the things that the restaurants they did, the, the movies, the concerts, the the physical events. I think we'll, we'll see a lot of travel kind of you know, when, when everything really does open up, mm-hmm. uh, I think we'll see a lot of that stuff from a gaming perspective. Um, it's, it's really just about continuing the growth pattern. I mean, I, I think what, what people may not realize is that 45% of gamers are women, right? 97%. We talk about 97% of Gen Z playing video games. Well, that reflects a lot of women. So how are we doing programs that are targeted to them? And we, I joke about it all the time, but like a men's small is not a woman's cut, right? How are we doing right things for the right audiences and building that out? So I think we'll see some, you know, we're working on some collaborations targeted at different audiences in different ways um, that are authentic and specific for that group. Um, And so hopefully we'll see a lot of growth within um, unique marketing and and collaborations that are kind of really appealing to different, different, uh, different audiences. Yeah, you make a great point, you know, because uh, that's something um, that comes up in the conversation a lot. Um, and the the work I've done in the industry is kind of the the culture and inclusion and diversity when it comes to not just women, but, um, you know, people of color and just uh, across the board. Because, you know, to be honest, there's been some historically some things in the in certain industries that have been less inclusive. And I, I definitely am seeing a shift on that side. You're talking about really considering this when you're thinking about the work and the promotions that you're putting together yeah. too, you know, um, and yeah. I love hearing that. 
Yeah, I think our industry's been really buttoned up and progressive on a lot of those sides. For already, sure. Right? Like, I, I know when I was at EA, like, diversity was a huge platform for us and kind of transgender. And there's a lot of things that we were doing ahead of time 10 years ago. I know Microsoft is far ahead on a lot of that stuff. I won't speak to that for them. But, like, inclusivity and diversity has always been a, a forefront for them. So I feel good from a product side. Um, that that stuff is, is being worked on. And I think from a marketing side, I think it's always important to make sure that you don't forget that, right? We, we try and keep that f in the forefront of all the things that we do in marketing and not just assume that like this is the one kind of marketing plan for everybody. How do we make sure that we're doing things so people feel included even in the marketing? I mean, they're, they're included in the product. How do we make sure that the way that we're reaching out? And I think it's important. It's important for me personally, but it's also important for the brands that we work with to make sure that they're they're hitting those kind of those audiences in the right ways and, and not just kind of spamming kind of marketing across multi platforms or, or those kind of things. So making sure that we're thinking through that, you'll see that in the next six to 12 months, so we're doing some really kind of fun, unique collaborations, some really different brands that no one sees coming. Um, and we're doing it for a reason. It's not for marketing. It's really just to be able to make sure that we're, we're talking to the right people in the right ways and, and really, you know, get some passions going around the right, the right brands. And so we're seeing a lot of fun stuff coming. I can't wait to tell you about it. But you know. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. And I think that that's really critical because uh, a brand or a company can talk about being inclusive, but it's the actions that they take yeah. um, that really uh, is what matters. And this, again, this is something that comes up a lot um, in my conversations. And I think there was sort of an, ex that was already brewing before the pandemic, but there's like this accelerant and even deeper focus on that now. You mentioned in-person events, and that used to be sort of a, a, a big deal, a big part of this industry. And again, it's one where it's kind of a shared space when I think about the comics industry as well. I know we just came out of E3, which is huge. Um, one of the biggest events uh, of the year um, for this industry. What was yeah. that like? And how do you think those in-person events will play in the future? Yeah, I mean, it was great. We, you know, a ton of success. I think Xbox came out as like the the winner of, of E3 and the streaming services and a lot of like great kind of comments about the titles that are coming off. But I, I promise you, everybody wishes we were together in LA. Um, and I'm sure in Gamescon and Comic-Con in San Diego, like everybody wants to be back. Um, so, you know, I, I, I've been saying it for a year now, like, next e3 next year in 2022 will be the biggest moment like when we all get back together we're all at the jw marriott lobby which we all hang out um it's like it's going to be a huge moment i think kind of as but I, the thing that i love is that we're not rushing it right it has to be done right we can't force you know there's no need to force kind of the the people coming together let's let society figure out when everything kind of unlocks we're, we're on the cusp of, of that happening in this country a lot of other countries aren't quite on that cusp so we need to make sure that that stuff gets um gets addressed first but i i think when um when we get back together next year uh we're assuming kind of comic con is going to be back on the packs and beyond the e3 stuff will, will be on i think it'll be bigger than ever i think people are excited to get back out there and kind of connect because it's a community we're used to talking to them online but there was those moments where we could actually physically get together gen con for dungeons and dragons mm -hmm. um all these kind of moments um i can't imagine how, how big and exciting those times will be for for everyone to actually be able to see their friends because there's a lot of people that like, that's the only time they see each other during the year is during these conventions um, and so getting these people back together will be a really exciting thing.
Yeah, I mean, there's always, you and I both know this, having been to a, n a number of these events, there's this energy and this vibe, and it is so hard to describe if you haven't been there, but it is infectious, um, and it's, I mean, in a good way. Uh, you know, it's it's something that, maybe that's not the right word to use right now, I don't know, but let's take that word back and make it a positive thing again, but there's something, it's very inspirational, let's put it that way. Yeah. And I think maybe there's going to be even a greater appreciation because we had to pause and we didn't have that in-person moment as part of the overall community landscape, right? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you go to Comic-Con, what's Hall H going to be like and what's, mm -hmm. what are the announcements and what are those things? And I think those are always the forefront of it. And then you're appreciative of your friends. And I just see next year, like the camaraderie of the community being together is going to be the forefront. Like that'll be the number one thing. We're excited about the announcements, but we just want to be back together. Right. And see our friends is, is, is kind of a big moment. E3 does a really good job of like, Hall H and a lot of that stuff happens during Comic-Con. Uh -huh. E3 does a really good job of front-loading. Like Xbox has their press conference on Sunday and the conference mm -hmm. on Tuesday, right? But so a lot of the announcements are, are kind of forefront and then it's getting your hands on the sticks and building that community of relationships. I mean, pretty much all the business I've ever done are in the either in the lobby of the JW or in the hallway between the two halls. And that's where we all kind of connect. And it is about just kind of that community and, and seeing people. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm chomping at the bit to, to get back to the physical world. Yeah, I, that's funny. It just brought me back. I was just thinking how all my meetings were at one of the two Hiltons or the Marriott in San Diego, never actually in the physical convention. You've been around. You and I worked so long ago that when when we used to go to, I used to, I worked at Wizards. We used to go to, to Comic Con. There was one hotel. That's right. That, that one hotel across from the front, and then you had to drive. You had to go ten miles, and now there's there's like nine hotels all around. I mean, it's it's changed so much that oh, uh, you, you tend to forget how uh, how much the scales. I know, and I but I love that I kind of have seen the trajectory of that too, and and again the sort of uh, convergence of comics and gaming, and I mean it really is you know Comic Con is kind of like Entertainment Con now for being honest, but um, gosh I love there's so much great insights here from your experience. What a fun job you have too, and I mean is this something like do your kids just think you're the coolest dad in the whole world? They have to. Uh, yeah, keeping them off this back wall of eating all the food is always. Okay. The biggest challenge but mm -hmm. uh yeah i think it's kind of fun that your dad works in gaming i think they you know we uh fortnite's a client so they get some scoops on the next season and what's coming and and those kind of things and so they're learning how to keep their mouths shut and not share things so we're there's a trying to teach them a lot of different lessons about having kind of access and, and what that means so they uh yeah they have they you know I do well in school and you get to hang out with dad at, at work and then they just play video games and eat snacks all day so it's a that's, that's good for them I love it. Well, kind of to pull everything together and wrap things up, you know, we talked a lot about Gen Z and, and that you really have to think through your Gen Z strategy and that this better be a part of it. So one of the things I like to ask my guests is, you know, you work in a specific industry, although yours is so interesting because you've got the consumer brand side and also the video game client side. If you've got somebody who um, is sort of not quite sure um, where to kind of get started when it comes to that Gen Z approach. Do you have any advice um, for some things to kind of take into consideration as you start to map that out and um, some things to maybe consider, be careful of, or make sure that you include? Yeah, you know, for us and, and the brands that we talk to, it's really about um, consumer first and just making sure that it's, you know, and that's an easy thing to say. It's a really hard thing to do. 
right? It's, it's less about the revenue side of it and more about the relationship side. How are we doing things that can really build strong relationships with this audience and not try and monetize them at every step? What, what are the things that we're really doing? So digging into kind of the passions of the audience and, and, and the best ways to connect with that audience, I think is really important. Um, just, you know, understand, you know, TikTok's a platform, which is great, but like, what are you going to do on there and how are we going to say it? Being thoughtful of, of how we're kind of communicating with this audience, I think is really important. Um, and then how are we giving them value? How are you, you know, the time they're spending with your brand, how do you make it worthwhile for them? Those are the kind of things that we try and put in the forefront as we start to have conversations around Gen Z. Well, those are really terrific pillars, I think, really for any company or brand to start with and think of. But you have such incredible examples of how that's come to life and been very successful in your space. So, um, Chris, thank you so much for your time. I love catching up with you. It is so remarkable to see all this work that you're doing. It's so fun and innovative and creative. And I love that you've been able to kind of bring these worlds together. It's really something unique in the industry. So congratulations on all of the success with Triple Clicks so far and I can't wait to see what comes next. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. You bet.